Welcome back to the show, Chris Denman. Back from the dead. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a voicemail from Total Access Surgeon Care thanking me for stopping. But yeah, yeah, I bet. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, happy to be back. Huge thanks to Yale Hollander. Always love when Yale stops by. And uh, you can check out the Clayton Comedy Series Friday, November 1st at 9 p.m. in Clayton at Kingside After Dark with several of our friends on that bill. And uh, if and I'm not even being a jerk. If they're still around, Loop Trolley Comedy Series Laugh Tracks, be sure to check that out. It was a very unique, fun time when Travis uh, and our other friends kicked it off with Yale the first time. Trav, what do you want to get into this hour? we got a little bit of time left. we got Cocktoberfest behind us. We've recapped Oktoberfest. Lots to get to still from the weekend, but it was uh, a busy what's weekend. In your head? Oh man, there's so much we can get to. But I was talking about last Friday how I was looking forward to checking out El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie with the amazing Aaron Paul and one of my favorite screenwriters going right now, Vince Gilligan. Uh, of course, uh, wrote Breaking Bad, one of the co-creators of Better Call Saul, a former writer for X Files. Guy's just a very good television writer, and I have to say. It was a fun watch. It wasn't overly intense. It was very. It was relatively low stakes, but it's uh, a great epilogue to a very fascinating character, uh, Jesse Pinkman, uh, a character I think uh, probably the last decade or so one of the top twenty-five, top thirty characters on television, especially in the golden age of TV. And it was a great. It was well done. I I enjoyed it. Obviously, I want it more because I'm just a huge fan of the series, but I think I got enough. And it was so ironic because literally after finishing that, I don't think I'm giving too much of a spoiler away when I mention this this actor that's also that appears in this movie. Uh, the great Robert Forster uh, is in the film. So literally after watching that movie, I um, went to my phone and I got the alert that he had passed away. He appears in the El Camino film. So it was uh, pretty poetic, if you, if I have to say. But it was a fun watch. I recommend it to anyone. Of, obviously, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, I think you're going to absolutely enjoy it. Um, but it was some fun cameos, a lot of cool Easter eggs. It was well done. I, I, if this is where like the future of phenomenal television goes, where they take some time off, and they return with a few side stories. I wouldn't mind that. I, I mean, I, I know what Hollywood's going to do. They're going to overkill it. <laughs> I hope they don't. But I think Vince Gilligan, I think he was wise to take his time with this piece. Um, and I think he did it where it doesn't affect Better Call Saul. And it doesn't distort uh, Breaking Bad. And, I, and so I think if he was able to walk that fine line. Because he even mentioned in interviews that he didn't want to screw up with the final couple seasons of Better Call Saul. Uh, he actually got together with many of those writers because he was like he wasn't sure how they were going to ultimately end their series, uh, and it doesn't do that. And it and it and it shows it's a great callback to the series. So if you haven't seen it this weekend or you're getting a chance to check it out, uh, please do. It was a fun watch. Aaron Paul is a very good actor. I, he's one of those guys. I think I said on Friday, I absolutely love cheering for uh, because he's he he just you can tell he's having fun on the screen and. It was cool to see some of the really neat cameos and callbacks to a series that I think a lot of people have said probably one of the top, at least one of the top five dramas uh, in the history of TV. He, uh, he really gave power back to the word bitch. He did. As a verb, a noun. Yeah, it. science and bitch. And it was, it was good. But it's a, it's, a, it's a Jesse Pinkman story. So for those going in, hoping for a little bit more 
about Walter White. Is and there new his Walter family. White footage? Uh, I will not comment. Okay, I don't want right. to give too much away, but it is it is a it is a fun callback and. Um, Man, that was a really cool experiment. I love, I love, and again, it wasn't, you know, Hollywood obviously recently has a tendency to ruin a good thing. And I think a lot of people who were fans of the series and loved the way the final season went, the finale went, mm-hmm. because Breaking Bad did something that we don't see a lot of shows do very well. And we saw it with Game of Thrones this past season is have a solid finale that does a good job at wrapping up a lot of the plot points. Uh, and I think, he wanted to wrap up a part of the story and a little bit of fan service. And that's a tough line to walk. I think we saw it done well, at least in my opinion, with Endgame, where it wrapped up a story but also gave a wink and a nod to the fan base. And I think this is what uh, El Camino does. It, it wraps up an important story to a very important character, and it's also a wink and a nod to the audience. So salute to Vince and... The folks at AMC and uh, Netflix, and I think it's also in theater. So shout so out is to. This, is this maybe a solution to the to the Christmas special or the or the remake or the whatever? Yes. Where you're I like, th- no, there is a tactful way to do this. I think if I'm the folks at uh, say the office, I think this would be something that you look at and go, okay, could we do a fun two hour office movie where. Again, we can sort of build on the world, uh, catch up on our favorite characters without overkill, Mm -hmm. and we can have some fun with it. And you can bring back guys like Will Ferrell's character. Uh, You can bring in Ricky Gervais's character. I think now he's kind of set the blueprint for those shows. We're going to see it again. Well, actually, we saw it recently with Downton Abbey. That was released in theaters, and we're going to see it again. Gosh, I just drew a blank. That's another show that's going to do it recently in the theaters. Um... Gosh, I'm I don't so know. Sorry. I just I drew a blank. There's another one that's coming up though, uh, and I, God, I just literally was about to mention. I just drew a terrible, terrible blank. But it seems like this is going to be the way to go for. Oh, Sopranos. The Sopranos are going to do oh, it. Oh, they're doing the prequel. Yeah, they're doing the prequel yeah. with it. So there's a way to. Again, you want to feed the fan base, but at the same time, you don't want to ruin a good thing. It's kind of my worry for the sequel to come into America. So I'm a little bit still reticent for that. But if you want to find a way to appropriately carry on a next chapter to a story, find out other layers. I think this may be the way to go. At least I hope so. Very nice. Yeah. I have uh, one of my favorite shows will be doing their second movie uh, to spin off the television series here soon. And okay. Psych. Oh, they're doing another movie. Yeah, they already did one movie. Yeah, they did. They it's a great success. They've apparently, I think, wrapped on the second one. And it was going to be released this year in affiliation with USA Network, which housed the original show. But apparently it's not going to be released till at earliest next spring because now it's in partnership with Peacock. With the Peacock streaming streaming service. service. Yes. So they launch in April, I think. Mm -hmm, Next spring. So that might be the earliest we'll see it. But now that uh, Peacock has picked it up, it's going to go there as well. So now they're kind of pushing back the release date for it. But this is the second one they've done, at least where they, you know, it's a, you know, cult fan base. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's enough of a cult fan base there for them to do a second movie on it. So even with a smaller, maybe a show that just it's not a broad audience but it has that narrow audience but there's enough of them to make it work. Can, do we think also this is 
Um, also, the rise of the fan flick. Like, I think because fans are so into shows, they kind of want to see more stories of it. And we've seen some fan flicks that are not obviously studio quality, but pretty damn good mm -hmm. for fans to put together. I feel like studios and creators are starting to realize, okay, so there's a massive audience still for this. Obviously, we have a huge following. How can we do this where, again, service the story and services the fans? And I think, again, there's going to be somebody that comes along that trips on itself. And, again, I really do hope it's not coming to America. But mm. if you can service the story. Four, 14th time you've uh, I'm nervous them. about it, man. That's one of my favorite films yeah. of all time. I think, mm -hmm. And it's just such an iconic film, at least in my eyes. I know others may say different. But for me, it was... Oh, this is the closest you can probably get to a perfect comedy that tells a very good story that's hilarious from beginning to end. And so, and then of course, it's one of my favorite comedians of all time, and Eddie Murphy. And I just worry that, you know, maybe trying to modernize coming to America, it, it may not hit because we've even joked that like, there are some jokes that were in coming to America that I don't think you can get away with in 2019 but if again if you can do it creatively you don't go todd phillips and pretend you're too woke uh you can certainly make it work i i would love to see again maybe this is what the future holds for television because another season of a show like the off no but i don't think anybody really wants another season of the office mm -hmm. but they wouldn't mind as you mentioned like a christmas special or another 90 minutes following around their favorite characters like this is i feel like the happy go-between and I don't think anybody wanted another season of Breaking Bad because it told its story. But if you can give me a little bit of a morsel of a character that played a vital role in its story, I'm game with it. And I think that's I think Better Call Saul has done a brilliant job of doing that. But that, that's all I think people want. Just give me a little morsel. Well, and it's not like furthering the storyline yes. either. Yes. It's not continuing it. Yes. It's adding more background to yes. give you even more detail. Good point. Good point, Gardner. Yes. Uh, we've got uh, some folks. We've got Triangle Assassin letting us know, uh, reminding us about Walking Dead and AMC. They're going to do that. That's right. That's a hoodwink if I've ever seen it. As a fan, like they were like, oh, you're all dumb. We can get rid of all the expensive people and who are also key to the story. We'll just drag you along with a bunch of dumb stuff. Yes. And then... Oh, we'll tell you these things are going to happen. Oh, wait, they don't quite happen like we say. And then we're going to go make more money. Off. Hey, more power to them, but I don't have to enjoy them the same way. I no, used I to think either. if I think it would have worked for The Walking Dead. Maybe had they wrapped up some stories around season seven, eight, uh, the 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 prime Scott Gimple years, and then you could have maybe rolled out a, a Rick Grimes story after that. But I don't know. If there's going to be a massive appetite for Walking Dead fans, because I think their numbers, the recent premiere is the lowest in the history of the series. So is there an appetite for people to run to the theaters to see a Rick Grimes story? When no, I think they're doing it on AMC. Oh, they're doing it on AMC? Yeah. Okay. It's just when you've drained interest. Yes. It becomes more, you at least have to create a buffer then. Yes. A number of, uh, like it'll take some years. Maybe. Like they did with Breaking Bad. Brilliantly done. Six-year buffer. Had a chance to people feel nostalgic. Yeah. But what you maybe do then, because you, you brought up, hey, we've switched out these actors. The more expensive ones are gone or something like that. What a buffer then creates is that it also allows you maybe to bring those people back into the fold. True. Which could create a little excitement True. that way. So uh, the, I mean, that's how I would think okay. about going I would think yeah, yeah yeah I agree attacking it agree and what worked originally if we're doing a one-off let's approach it this way and give them what they want if like Chris has said they've been fans have been lied to for 
<laughs> and that's the thing. Like I said, yeah, it, you can it only needs to serve as a story. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and I think smart that's, people are like, I, what am I doing? And to Chris's point, he's right. I think like they're not even willing to acknowledge fan service. Like, so now you're just failing on two fronts. You're not even servicing the story and you're pissing the fans off at the same time. And I get how much money it makes for AMC. Like, my God, AMC executives probably get to pay for all their homes with what they generate just simply through The Walking Dead. So I get why they want to keep pushing out that content. I just think you can do it in a way that doesn't treat the audience like idiots. And these fans have been loyal. They have followed the series for a long, long time. And to see, I think, I think, and also what happens when you bring in different showrunners and a different writing team, that's another bad sign of, oh boy. I think, like, you see some of the more successful oh shows. Uh, <laughs> you see some of the more successful shows when that showrunner's there for five, six years. Yeah. And The Walking Dead, I think they're on showrunner nine, ten. Yeah. It's almost like as many showrunners a season. That's not a good sign for continuity. It's not a good sign for character development. So I think that's the disappointing thing about them is that they haven't serviced the fans or the story. Uh, Elizabeth reminding us the BBC has been doing this for a while. Hello. Absolutely fabulous. Oh. Ab, ab fab. I never understood that. I think I was too young for that. And then I was like, I don't get this. And there's people screaming and going, ah, absolutely fabulous. I, don't, I didn't understand it. I think Do you I'll think s- Joss Whedon helped propel the fam film genre? Oh, I would imagine so. I think he's probably one of the people that certainly gets credit for, that should get credit for. And I'm glad that, again, there was early blowback uh, from creators because they were like, you're taking my work and you're putting your thing on it. But I think you saw, whether it was with Star Wars and Star Trek, you saw people who were like, who truly respected the work and they they kind of honored the writers that, of course, created the series. And in doing so, I think there became a bit of an appreciation and also, of course, an opportunity. And when you have such a, a, a fan base, especially when you come to something like Star Wars, like that fan base is probably one of the most passionate. Like it's up there with like I'm trying to think of a sports fan base that's probably as passionate. Maybe the Dallas Cowboy fans are probably as freakishly passionate about something like Star Wars. Fan. Like they will follow that. They will follow that franchise to the end of the world. Like, I don't think, like, even as subpar as the previous Star Wars have been, they still have made $900 a billion. So it's, you, you, if you're a studio exec and you like your job and you like that salary, they're going to do what you can to tap more into that. And so I don't blame them in that regard. I just wish they would also consider making sure the stories are good. <laughs> That's all mm-hmm. I care about. Just make sure the stories are good, and you can make as many as you want. Mm-hmm. Someone mentioned uh, in the comments, who was it, about the BBC? Mm-hmm. Elizabeth. You know what I need more of? Uh-oh. I need some Sherlock. I need Those some... Those are big-name actors. No, they're just Benedict A-list Cumberbatch actors. and Martin Freeman. I would, that's a movie that I, see, I can definitely see them turning, and that makes sense. Why yeah. not? Those are two huge actors. And the BBC does great work. Like yeah. the quality of their shows is just exceptional. A movie would make a ton of sense. Now I don't know. Again, it comes back to I guess: Do you put it in theaters? Do you put it on a streaming the thing, service? The thing that I had read, and this is—it's been a while since I checked back in on it. Maybe eight months or so. But like technically, my understanding was that series was not done. That it was just mm-hmm. these guys are off, and it might—it like the way they approached it was it might be a number of years. Before before they go back to it or something. That's fine. But I think I'm at a, when you bring up the BBC and I think about what I want more of. That's something, and and that that that's an issue. Like you you mentioned, Travis, right. like what these guys have now done with their careers. Yeah, 
uh, probably is a bit of a barrier yeah. to overcome. But I'm sure that, that that show, especially over the pond, across the pond, as they say, mm. um, would do very, very well yeah. in some, some way. I, it's, it's, I, I, I'm happy. Even here. I, yeah, definitely. Oh, absolutely. And then look, I'm, look I, I love the, the passion fans have for these shows. I just I don't know if we need more seasons, and I hope yeah. that this is a positive sign that you can satisfy everyone without mm-hmm. ruining something. And again, I would love to wonder now, seeing the success of El Camino, if folks like at the office or something thinking, okay, well maybe we can do this. And considering that a lot of those writers have gone on to write films themselves. Uh, we saw, of course, uh, some of the directors of the office do the good boy. So they have that background now. Well, so it makes sense. Here's what I would ask them. John Krasinski's a big star. And let me say this, and I'll keep it specific to the office. When you've seen these have success, um, like you're talking El Camino and some other shows like that, uh, that are, you know, spinning off or telling whatever story. What is it that you would want mm. out of, let's say, mm. a movie with The Office? Oh, good do, point. Do you want it focused a certain way? Do you need certain moments? Do you need that? Do you need that Michael Scott line to really like the something to like that could become a pop culture phenomenon right. do you need that from it that's like, a good question like what is it i would ask you to ask yourself what you that's would fair. want um just because i want you to be happy with the product yeah very true that's so a- is it worthwhile right what do i want is it worthwhile can this be told right. in this format basically right. uh, yeah and that, i think that's and i think that's the question vince gilligan in his interviews he said recently like what am I answering as far as what the fans need to know? And the brilliant thing is with the finale, we see, of course, uh, Aaron Paul's character drive off into the night. Uh, but you also realize in the, the in Breaking Bad, that's not how the world has worked. Mm-hmm. It, people driving off into the sunset and all happy-go-lucky and things go well for them, that was never really the narrative of Breaking Bad. There was always some level of consequence and i think that important question is what drove him to write it and to your point in regards to the office what is that because we did they did a very good job in that last season and especially that final episode of essentially wrapping up the story arcs that you cared the most about now so do you do you really feel the need to bring back michael scott character as a dad with kids maybe do you, how much more do you want to see of Jim and Pam's relationship that we hadn't already seen? Do you focus on Dwight? Do you focus more on Dwight? And even with Dwight's story, what more about Dwight would you like to see? Right. So those are or very even, good questions. And like when I asked with Michael Scott, and I'm going to call it this. I, I just thought of this in my head here. Do you need that T-shirt moment from Michael Scott? Right. That one moment where it's a prison mic, it's whatever it might be, <laughs> right. it's a line right. that you're going to put on a t-shirt. Right. Do you need that moment from a Michael Scott You don't want to force it either. You don't want to no, force it either, that's right. The thing. That's, that's the thing. That's why you have mm-hmm. to ask the question. Because all that, all that was born in parody of parody. Right. Like, that's that's why that was funny. Like you don't want to over-parody yourself. Commentary. Right. That's what uh, what's this BJ Novak is talking about, that whenever The Office came out in 2004, four. Jesus. That's what she said was already dead in the water. Yeah. by five years. And he was like, we did that because 
guys in my frat did it when I was a freshman in college, and B.J. Novak's probably 36, 37 now. So to his point, he was just saying, he was like, he's a guy who would have glammed, or even the Budweiser, like the Budweiser stuff, blah, blah, like all that, like all that stuff was 10 years old by that time, mm-hmm. and it got reanimated and made into its own thing. So that's a really tough thing to recreate, line, which man. they – well, if you go back and watch it, it's not nearly as ba- as harsh as it felt. Yeah. If you go back and watch it, those the seasons without him, they're still funny. It's, they still have their moments, but it's not the same. It, it's like Michael Scott needs to do like Cash Me Outside or something. Like yeah, if you got point. one of those, you're just like, <laughs> oh yeah, Bleh! like it's yeah, it's yeah, and it's it. <laughs> I just thought about like, oh god, that would absolutely just crush the series. But I think that's the fear, and I and I can understand why guys like Carell. And we've heard Mindy say a few things, from, uh, and even B.J. Novak. Like, I think that's the fear. You don't want to mess with a good thing because The Office um, did something in an era that's virtually impossible to duplicate. And they nailed those jokes. They nailed those episodes, those moments. And you really don't want to mess with that magic when you... Nine seasons is impressive no matter what era it's in. And they were pretty strong for nine seasons, so you don't want to necessarily bring back extra episodes that messes wrapped, with that. And they wrapped things up pretty well, I thought too. they wrapped everything up very so maybe, well. We got maybe Dwight with Angela. Just a new look. And, yeah. Just a one-off, you know, one-hour episode where... Catching up with everybody. Maybe just happens, something to that yeah. effect. But again, yeah, I it's it's a very delicate dance. But I appreciate what Vince Gilligan did with El Camino because mm-hmm. it, was, it was a movie. It was a movie. It was very good. And it's... Ah man, rest in peace, Robert Forrester. What a what a remarkable actor. A guy that essentially blew back up with Jackie Brown. With Jackie Brown. And if you haven't seen Jackie Brown, good God. Oscar nominee. Yo, you got it's a great film. I love it's I think it's Tarantino's best, frankly. I loved Robert De Niro in that. Oh, he's good. Like Robert De Niro's a supporting actor he in that. He doesn't talk at <laughs> he all. He doesn't. He has like three lines. It's fascinating to me in that movie. <laughs> and it's so good with him not talking. Yes. It's it's so and then Samuel gosh I don't that movie kind of got robbed for a few people like Pam Greer should have got some love Samuel should have got some love I think Robert Forrester did get nominated if I'm yeah. not mistaken for that it was just one of those films where Michael Keaton's in that movie man come on <laughs> Michael freaking and he's awesome in that calm down everybody oh it's such a good movie we could rewatch that type of movie no I wish Tarantino would go back to those films. That's a that's a that's a Tarantino type of movie I want to see him make again. I I get what he's done with Inglorious Bastards, Django, and of course, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I would love for him to get back to those silly, nitty gritty type of films one more time before he calls it we quits. Could, we could review Jackie Brown in February, or as I've told my friends this past weekend, my producer friend Gardner has deemed it blackuary. Come on, and man. they all were like, "Yes," and there will be shirts made, and we will wear it. Mm. Oh, Jack! They were very happy with blackuary. Okay, they liked it. Ooh. Oh no, they were. They were like, "Well, it is black." Uh, and it's not canceled yet. No, not yet. Mm. But I do oh. have a great American race that has something to do with Gartner that's going to absolutely kill you, Chris. Okay, we'll see. Uh, let Are me you t- using me? Yeah. <laughs> you can't use me. Yeah, you can. I've got to get back in the game. I have not been doing well in well, Great American Race. Because we're doing Great American Race tomorrow. He, uh, you're, but it'll f- you're using me. How do you think I'm going to score it? That, shut up. That's a good point. Just quit it. <laughs> let, him, let him spin his own way. Because I know what this is. <laughs> and I made a mistake. <laughs> 
and I didn't. It's something I normally say. It's something you say. It was just in the moment and yeah. to the person. You know the phrase. <laughs> like it's not a phrase that is abnormal. It's not an abnormal phrase, but when it's said to a person like myself, then it's oh boy. Okay. Like black great. Twitter, I could get canceled. No, they would have. You canceled. put a pick in your hair, son. <laughs> uh, let me tell you about Hillside Animal Hospital. You know we got Doctor Ed in here every Wednesday playing dogs on film. Damn it. Be sure to take your animals there if they need preventative care, any kind of surgery, anything you're looking for to help out your animals, Hillside will help. Hillsideanimalhospital.net is their website. Recently, the wall bump helped uh, Dr. Ed get uh, elected to a certain position. We'll talk to him about oh, nice. on Wednesday. They're committed to promoting responsible pet ownership, preventative health care, and health-related educational opportunities for their clients. Hillside Animal Hospital strives to offer excellence in veterinary care to St. Louis, Missouri, and surrounding areas. Support them because they support us. Take your pets to Hillside Animal Hospital, everybody. Very, very happy to be working with them. Uh, Travis. What do you look like? Uh, you had something on the tip of your tongue. Oh no, man! Um, What's going to happen with the Cardinals? We we don't have to go super. Oh yeah, deep, we don't. Have to, um, but it's there's a game today. Jack Flair. Cardinals are tonight. Um, uh, like I said, uh, when they started the playoffs, the Cardinals are with house money. Uh, while I am disappointed in the performance the last two days, I'm not incredibly upset about it. Uh, they were masterful pitching performances. The Cardinals kind of took some very bad at bats on Saturday. Um, it's been boring. It has not I been entertaining. It's it has been, it's not a been entertaining yeah. game. And when you get what a total of four, five hits, five hits in two games, I think. Um, two that, of them coming off the bench from Jose Martinez. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then you get the one run off basically bad defense. Uh, I I think the Cardinals win at least one. I don't think they're going to get swept, but I don't like their chances of winning the series. But I'm okay with that. Look, this national team is. They're riding their best pitchers, and their best pitchers are coming through. Uh, they have Strasburg tonight. It's going to be just as difficult, and he's on normal rest. Um, you just hope that you can get to these guys early, and Jack Flaherty can give you seven strong, and that bullpen holds tight. You don't have to worry about Carlos now that he's had a few days off. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll just see. enjoy it. Just enjoy it. I mean, I'm not. I guess, like I said, I'm not mad because I didn't expect him to be in the NLCS. And if you're going to run into a buzzsaw that is Scherzer and Strasburg. Then so be it. It's and, just it is here's what will happen. Look, when we they'll, beat, we we kind of gotten over on the Nationals a few times. They'll score ten runs today. Maybe they'll win. Probably if they score ten runs, you would think so. <laughs> but I mean, you never know in the playoffs. But they'll score a bunch of runs today, and then I don't know. Not one outcome would surprise me. Would any to you? I, I think if no, they. I mean. I think if the Cardinals come, if the Cardinals come back and win this series, I will be my. That'd be your biggest surprise. surprise. I'd be a little bit yeah. surprised, but I don't, I don't think it's don't that far why, out of reach. Yeah, I just don't know. People watch baseball for years. I don't know why people are surprised when the unpredictable happens. Yeah, true. Especially yeah. in the postseason. Playoffs, Especially in the postseason. playoffs like, is so feast Yeah, yeah why are you yeah, trying yeah. to predict it? And they, uh, I think, just, like someone even pointed out that it was several years back when Annabelle Sanchez and Max Scherzer were pitching in Detroit, and then. Did the same thing they did to the Cardinals in the first two games of a series against the Red Sox, and the Red Sox ended up winning that series. Yeah, true. So it's just like, why are you just it? You're watching because you expect the unexpected in a way. Sometimes, if you knew it was going to happen, why would you be watching? Very true. So just enjoy. And it's postseason baseball. Last four teams. By the way, shout out to the. Yankees and Astros for a fun extra innings game last night. How about that walk-off and the reaction? Did you see Correa's reaction? No, I did not see his reaction. Correa hits the walk-off in, what was it, the 10th inning? Yeah, 10th uh, or 11th. To, uh, yeah, 10th or 11th, I can't remember. 
uh, to give the Astros a 3-2 win and even that series at one apiece. But as soon as he hits it, he's just walking, tosses the bat, looks to his bench, and starts doing this. Oh, wow, the Hulk Hogan. Oh, and he does not even, he's not even running yet, and he's just doing this. Oh, thing. I love it. Talk about a Oktoberfest miracle uh, and baseball yeah. unwritten rule. No, I, I look, I love October. No, it was, a, it was a fantastic reaction. And that's going to be a fun series, too. So, I mean, you got two of the best teams in the AL and got some very good quality pitching. I did, I did tweet out because I'm hoping for a Wiki Beaks World Series matchup. Man, that would be hilarious. With the Astros and, and Cardinals. Cardinals. And if we could get Chris Correa, our Correa, yes. oh, God, to throw out a first pitch. Oh, boy, that would not happen, but it would be hilarious. Yeah. So that's my goal. I'm yeah. ready for that storyline if, if we get that World Series matchup. I mean, I am just going to enjoy that like you wouldn't believe. What do you guys think, though, to this? And this is kind of a little bit big I wonder picture. If, I wonder if national television, if that happens, tries to do an interview with him. Because he's been do he's done the interviews we know of, right? Right. I wonder they if they I wonder if they try to do a on camera interview with him. I I would imagine the St. Louis Cardinals don't want him within five miles of Bush. Yeah, but I mean it's it's a it's the storyline of a oh the stunt like, that he will definitely be reached out to. But I would even be surprised if he comments on it. Like, I just say hypothetically that it does end up being the St. Louis Cardinals versus the Houston Astros in the World Series. Obviously, there will be the storyline that will come up, but no way does he do interviews. I'm no sure, way does he I'm, do interviews. And I'm curious myself, like, what are you doing now? Like, I'm... Yeah, certainly. I'm interested in that. But I think the Cardinals go full... Uh, yeah, no but, comment. No way anybody well, of the Cardinals organization comments well, at all that The Cardinals don't happens. have to. They just have to... Interview. I don't even think the Astros, if they were to go and play the Cardinals, I don't think they even comment. And that's fine. You don't need that. Yeah. All you need is Chris Correa. I don't think he even comes out of. He doesn't come well, out that, of the blue for that's that. That's fine, but the story will happen definitely. You should probably get your homie Keith Morrison perhaps on board for it. Ooh, he's the one telling it. Yeah, let me tell you about a story about some emails. There are hacks, and then there are hacks. Does he ever come out, or is he kind of on the quiet, like just wants to keep his nose clean? Correa. Yeah. Oh no, he doesn't. Like I think, like I said, he just. I don't. If this were to happen, I think it'd be the worst thing for him because he knows. People will likely, you know, from Houston, probably some guys over from the post will try to reach out to him. But again, I imagine that that man wants to get as far as away from that as possible. So I would be stunned if he did any type of on the record interview. I'd be shocked. He may do he may release a statement and I'll be even shocked if he did that. But I don't think you want to rehash how you ended up in federal prison. Well, I mean, he did the interview with Sports Illustrated. I think that was it. I think that was one of those things like, let me talk, tell you what, what's going on. And, and that was right it. before he got out of prison. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see him doing it again. He might not. He may re now, can't, now, is he allowed to do a book? Is he allowed to make yeah. money? Okay, I'm just curious. Like, what's well, the son of Sam lost? Were you making money off a crime you've committed, et cetera, et cetera? No, I mean, you see guys like, uh, even guys like Steve Stinger might even do one when he's okay. done. Like, they're going to. Yeah. That's, okay. That's what you do when you're in there for three and a half, four years, is you start working on the book and Memoirs try to figure or out. something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see him maybe saving them good morsels for his book. I don't think he would blow that opportunity by yeah, doing I don't a know big national. This is just a guy thing, who I mean, was working in an office. <laughs> you know, the, I mean, the Ben Ryder was the person who did the interview with Sports Illustrated, I believe. And we and had a chance to talk with. Yeah, him. we had him on the radio side at that time, and there was that open-ended question of, well, did anyone else know? 
And remember his response was basically, I would not want anyone else to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. That's the part that sticks out to me. And you're right. No one probably wants to rehash that no. because that's open-ended. That's open-ended. And, and that's when I think, uh, I don't know how many federal officers would be that interested, but I, I certainly don't think you want to maybe dance the card- that dance one more the time. The Cardinals control it a little bit themselves if they had David Eckstein throw out a first pitch. Because if be you fun. also remember, apparently he was a password, Eckstein1234, involved in the WikiBeaks case. So that's one way to kind of put a little layer to it. To not, it's not in your face, but well, I mean, he's a World Series MVP. Why wouldn't you have him thrown out? That would be the Lunhau versus Mo Cup, and I think two very talented executives. Like for them, it would mean more. I don't think the fan bases give a damn one way or the other. Obviously, the players don't. Um, but I think that, I think inside, I think for those two who, who I have a certain level of ego. Um, I think they would kind of relish it more of given the opportunity. Loonhow would love to be able to stick it to the Cardinals, and Mo would love to be able to stick it to Loonhow. And uh, Crane oh. was a former minority owner before he became the owner of the, Am I thinking that wrong? Of the Astros? Of the Astros. Because he became major owner, or has he always been? Did he I'm have any sure ties to the Cardinals? But he's he have any St. Louis ties? He's from Missouri. He's from Missouri. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that'd be an interesting series. But the Cardinals have to win tonight in order for that to maybe even be a potential yeah, reality. Yeah, has got the better team, so he's yeah. sure he enjoys that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. But it could be fun. What a Cocktoberfest <laughs> 14th day. It has been my good friend Chris Demon live and well. Hey, buddy, you did two hours. You're back at it again. Yeah, I- feeling great. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Like, I, I don't know, man. I just don't get sick that much, and it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, I think I'm operating at a C-, minus, and I'm usually a C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's one of those things. It's good to have your ass it's back, my thing. friend. And I'm glad Gardner's not hobbling quite as much. I haven't. I don't see Michael Caine around. I don't have Michael Caine. How you feeling? Are we? Uh, it's okay. What are we looking at day to day as far as getting back on old uh, Scoop Bacula? Uh, Scoop Bacula's still out of commission. I'm not comfortable enough to get on her yet. Okay. And also, you have to realize, to do so, I need to be able to get him in my apartment. And you don't have the. So it's it's still I don't have enough okay. strength in the knee to. Uh, get up and down the okay. stairs are still an issue oh boy so to get the scooter up and down the stairs is, is going to be an issue right now i'm what like i might be able to like ride it around here but not take it home okay but maybe a week okay i'm hoping a week okay. but like i said the bus has been fine it's quick it's on time um it's been great okay I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna get a monthly pass now, look at you for the entire system. Look at you. Oh, you're riding the metro, too? Yeah. Okay, I see a big baller. I'm a, I took the metro out to Deerberg's in Brentwood the other day to go really? grocery shopping. You did grocery shopping and then took the metro? Yeah. Look at you. How about that? You're like an old black lady. I know. I see a lot of them. Yes. <laughs> and they're so nice. Yeah, they are nice. They're so nice. Oh, boy. Shout out to old black I kind of want to just let you guys... Peter out here. What else would you shout out? This is kind of how. Uh, this is how it was. Yeah, that, we, that's a we thing. would start wandering somewhere. We don't know where we were going, we well, yeah, but we know. we could talk about it. Yeah, and there's also the thing where it's like no one tells us we have to do anything on it. Like mm-hmm. this show can be whatever, but when you have a dynamic or something, it is strange where you're just like, well, what am I? What? Who am I? 
it's like, well, we could just talk, but then it's like, well, well then I'm not making fun of somebody. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's strange. Isn't oh, it? yeah, most certainly. And more strange will happen tomorrow, yeah. live at 8 a.m. Big thanks to all of our sponsors and all the people for tuning in. If you haven't yet, tell your friends about it, and uh, make sure you come out this Thursday. Come out to Happiest Hour. Come out to Gastro Pit for Free Comedy Thursday. It's a big deal. It'll be a good time. For Travis Rowe, for Chris Gardner, big thanks to Yale Hollander. We're back live tomorrow at 8 a.m. See you then. Peace.